Some of, many of you know that uh, I'm on cancer number four, or is it 3B? I'm not sure. Um, but I thought if I just kind of updated, it would stop people at the end saying, how are you feeling? I, we're fine. We're fine. I've been here before. I have every confidence in a loving, caring, keeping God. Um, I don't like going to um, uh, Valindra because I, I don't like being among miserable people. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, we do have a... a just we just expect to see the goodness of God. I, I won't be able to stay for the fellowship lunch. I've got to go into hospital. They're going to do something to me tomorrow to get a biopsy. Um, but hopefully I get out reasonably quick. And then chemo and radiotherapy starts in December. That'll be happy Christmas. Um, and, uh, and then we'll see. The, the knife will come out again probably in January. But God, when I was... On cancer number two, um, a verse of a hymn came into my mind, and I, I can't remember ever singing it. A sovereign protector of I, unseen yet forever at hand. Top ladies' hymn, and uh, I just want to say, if if you have experience and you've you know this, it works. We we have a saviour who looks after us really really well, and we have nothing to fear. And maybe when I finish preaching, so there we are, um, you'll understand why I say that. But, uh, you know, we're fine. Um, so that you don't have to ask me anymore. You know it. You know, it's my, if there's any more, I'll tell you. So that if you had something in, you, in your Bible reading this morning that was just brilliant, talk to me about that. I'd rather you didn't talk to me about English rugby. That, that is a, that's a subject that has passed away. We don't want to talk about that anymore. You can talk about Manchester United for once after yesterday. So, yeah, keep to the important things if that's all right. Now, we're, going to, we're into John 8 this morning, and uh, I'm going to read from verse 12. Again, it's a long reading. So I'm going to do it at a bit of a gallop, um, but I don't want you to miss verse 12, because verse 12 is what we're going to be... But the, Verse 13 onwards is some controversy that arose out of verse 12. That chapter 7 introduces the Feast of Tabernacles. And Alan was explaining that to us last week. And then you've got a kind of interlude of the, the woman caught in adultery. We're not quite sure where that goes. In some manuscripts it's found elsewhere but we'll call it an interlude, but 7 and 8 is all about Jesus' en engagement with people over the Feast of Tabernacles. I'll say more about that in a minute. And the first half, in chapter 7, he seems to be engaging with the crowd, and then the festival seems to have come to an end, and in chapter 8, he's engaging with those who oppose him. So he makes a statement which is, in its context, is extraordinarily confrontational, controversial, just awkward, gen awkward generating. Ah, So that, that's what we've got. So I'm going to read from verse 12. Verse 12, if you, if you drop off, drop off after verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, 
but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you're bearing witness to yourself. Your testimony is not true. And Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I come from and where I'm going. But you don't know where I'm come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For if it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two men is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where's your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you'd know my father also. And these words he spoke in the treasuries, he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you can't come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Since he says, where I'm going, you can't come. He said to them, you're, you're from below. I'm from above. You are of this world. I'm not of this world. I told you, you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him didn't understand that he had, had been speaking about them to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you've lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that, that are pleasing to him. And he was saying these things. Many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And they answered him, We are of the offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say, You will become free? And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do not, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you will be doing what Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You're doing what your father did. They said to him, we are not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said, if you were of your father, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. 
you will, you, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because he has no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell, you the, tr- tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever it is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The Jews answered him, are you, are you not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? And Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is, he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, no, we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died, and the prophets died? Who, who, who Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you said, he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do, I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do, not, I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You're not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Lord Jesus, we pray that by your spirit, you'll help us to understand your word. But we pray that we will be inspired by your word and change by it. Lord, we ask you that you'll help us, not only for the preacher to know the anointing of your spirit, but the hearers also, for his sake. Amen. It's uh, one of the I am's. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. And so on. Jesus made a number of them, and they were always controversial, always emphatic, Always personal about himself and always polarizing. And produced the question that Alan helped us think through last week. Who are you? Who are you? Who who is this man who is standing in front of us and now standing before, before us? Who is he? Because he says that he's not just a light. That would be fine. He's the light. He, he's the source, he says, of real light. Uh, and not just, the, not just the light for Israel, for Jews, a light for Israel. Mm, uh, we can cope with that. But the light for the whole world, that, that is a claim that is staggering in its scope and implications. If Jesus is the light of the world, that has a bearing for me because either I'm in his light or I am in darkness. Do you see what I mean? This isn't just a theoretical, that's a nice thought. 
put it on a Christmas card. No, no. That Jesus is making a clear a statement of, about himself, which is confrontational. And uh, it, uh, John, writing the gospel, began in the first chapter to say that the light had come that lights all men, and that, that the light had, had come for all men. Uh, and then the Lord Jesus, again, going on into chapter 9, restates it. You know, in, in chapter 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In, in chapter 9, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. It's saying the same thing. And then in chapter 12, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. So it's, it's black and white, isn't it? I mean, there's no gray here that we're either in his light or in some kind of darkness. And uh, it's, it's the great theme of Christmas. People that sat in darkness have seen a great light. And the, the, the whole sense of, of, of light breaking in and darkness, shadows, just scattering. That, that's inherent with what Jesus is saying here. And uh, as I say, it, it, it fo- that chapter 8 follows chapter 7, which is probably the most profound thing you've heard. But, it, but they both are dealing with the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths, where, where the children of Israel remember the time of their forefathers when they traveled through the wilderness. Uh, and in chapter 7, there, there were two great symbols that were enacted um, at the Feast of Tabernacles. One was they got these huge pitchers, jars of water, and poured them on the temple. And, uh, and Jesus stands up on the great day and says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So he, he's setting himself up almost as the, as the, as the fulfillment of what's being enacted. But in, in chapter 8, the, 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 other, the other symbol is the, these bright, there were four huge lights that were live and lit at the beginning of the feast. Nobody's quite sure for how long into the week the lights were still used. What, what is universally acknowledged is that by the end of the feast, on the seventh day, the, the lights were not used. So we've, we've had a week where the light was so bright they lit the city. But we now got to the end of the feast when the lights have gone out and Jesus is saying, I am the light. In other words, that which fades has faded, but I am the light of the world. And uh, there was a time of great rejoicing and Jesus in the middle of it makes these statements. Now, you either love him or hate him. It's got to be Marmite, hasn't it? Do you know what I mean? That you could not be a Jew in the face of that and think, oh, that's very interesting. It wasn't interesting. I mean, it it was either life-changing or it was heresy. Either this guy is God or he's mad or he's bad. There's no other options. Anybody that makes that kind of claim is in one of those categories. And the truth is, we have to come to an understanding. The, the, the Pharisees, the, the people in the debate that follows, they've just come down without any ambiguity at all to say he's bad. But is he bad? Or is he mad? Or is he the light of the world? 
So there, there, there are three things I'd like to draw out. These three things that come out of this that, and from the chapter about what Jesus is saying. He's saying something about himself. He's saying something about the darkness. But he's saying something to us. He's saying something about himself. He, in verse 14, do you remember the phrase, I know where I've come from and I know where I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to claim where I've come from. He didn't put it that way. He wasn't from the valleys. But he, but, and you don't know where I'm going. He, repeatedly through, what, through the debate that follows, Jesus talks about his origins. And uh, we sing the hymn, don't we, with the phrase, he came from a world of light. He came from a world of light. Jesus, the, 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 Jesus' birth in the, in, in the manger was not the beginning. He was from everlasting. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And God came from light. God is light, John later on in his first letter says. God is light, and in him there is no at all. And James describes it, God the same way, doesn't he? He, he says that, that, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And uh, Paul writing uh, about, about the, just in 1 Timothy 6, just tucked away in one of the pastorals, the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells, in unapproachable light, who no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. So Jesus knew where he'd come from. He'd, he'd come from a, a sphere of indescribable brightness. And uh, the, the, uh, the prophets just kind of picked this up. And uh, actually, John, that uh, Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 60 talks about how the Lord is going to be our light. Um, the, he says, the sun shall no, no more, shall be no more your light by day, nor the brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. And then John takes that when he's writing, same writer, writing Revelation and says, in heaven, there ain't going to be electric bulbs. No energy savers there. There isn't even going to be a sun. We will live in the brightness of the Lord because, of course, then we will be restored and before him. He's the bright light. And Jesus is saying here that that's where he came from. Do you remember well, Christmas? That, do you remember the shepherds on the field and the angels came down and the glory shines bright, bright. A, a little bit of heaven, kind of a crack, and the light just burst through. Remember? And then Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration where, where the, the, the Father, this is my beloved Son, remember, and his, and his garments just shine brightly like no fuller could ever make them. Just cracks where heaven breaks out and breaks. So that's where Jesus came from. And so that, that in itself, just to say, that's where I'm from. That's what I bring. But then he adds to this, I am business. And uh, 
we, we kind of read it, oh, okay, you are. Uh, but no, 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 to a Jew at the, at the burning bush, tell us your name, God, tell us your name. Oh, well, I am, I am, oh, I am. So from then on, Jews didn't use that name, it was too holy. And, and Jesus stands up, in, and the Greek is emphatic, so he's put real emphasis on it, that the light of the world, I am. And actually, not, not ju- in, just in the whole chapter, he didn't just say it once, that uh, it, 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 it's covered over in the way the translators put it. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am. And again, in verse 28, he does the same thing. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, you will know that I am. It says, I am he in the, in the translation, but not, not in the original. No, you will know that I am. And then that, you know, God, that talk about being straight in your face. The business at the end with Abraham. I said, you can't, you, you didn't know Abraham. You're not 50 years old. And he just looks him straight in the face and said, before Abraham was, I am. And they're, oh, I mean, that is outrageous. Get me a stone. So Jesus is saying something about himself here. And he also says that he came from the Father, sent by the Father, verse 16 and 42. That, that he knows the Father, verse 19. He speaks the word that the Father speaks, verse 26. He does the will and mission of the Father. And he reveals the Father. He He's come and brought light in. It's, a, it's an it's a astonishing statement. He's revealing. And the reaction, of course, is immediate. Who do you think you are? What, what possible right? Show us your witnesses. Oh, I've got two witnesses, he said. I've come from heaven, so I can say it. And the Father's in heaven, and he's saying it. But you don't believe because you don't know my Father. And uh, what right, what proof, what collaboration? And he's talking about just how unique he is in his origin and his destination and his deity. It's quite difficult today, isn't it? Do you listen to Radio 4 and the, what's that horrible program at 7? What's it called? The, not the, the Today program's okay, but on Sunday it's, what's it called? The Religious Hour or something? Do you listen to it? We turn it off. Because actually, all it's saying is, well, there's the Muslims and there's the Jews and there's the, the Hindu and they're all the... No, they're not. No, they're not. No, there's only one who's the light of the world. Oh, but you know, we get that, co- that kind of talk, David, causes strife between nations. We need, we need the nations to love one another. So let, let's, just, let's just accept we're, they're all worshipping the same God. No, they're not. No, they're not. That because only Jesus is the way to the Father and kind of multi-faith in many ways. And to- I'm all for tolerance, but not for fudging. I'm all, I'm all for pluralism in terms of loving your neighbor, but not for philosophical pluralism where it says that everybody's right and nobody's wrong and everybody can believe whatever they like and that's right for them and what's right for No, 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 Jesus was right. <laughs> it's black and white. But he's saying things about himself and 
we need to have a, a renewed view of his brightness. We're talking about Jesus here. He came from the Father in just overwhelming brightness. We're not talking about a chap that sits cross-legged and a bit overweight and came out with wise things. He did come out with wise things. But he, he didn't come from that world and go back to that world with the opportunity for us to go with him. He, Jesus stands alone. He's unique. We need a fresh view. We need to focus again. We need to see Jesus bright and clear that we it's, can get so confused so quickly and so easily. He's saying something about himself. He's saying something about the darkness. To think, to think. From eternity, the word was. All things were made by him. Without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And he came and he left all of that. Hey, what's the best thing about Christmas? He left all of that and came into this. The people that sat in darkness, Mark 4, have seen a great light. And he came into our predicament, didn't he? And into our crisis and our condition. Into our blindness. Into our darkness. That, uh, I'll comment on that in a minute. But he says that we're from below. Did you notice? Where <laughs> he wasn't very tactful, was he? Do you know what I mean? He's got the religious leaders of the day in all of their self-importance. And he says absolutely outrageous things straight in their faces. He didn't seem to mind at all. He, he said he had truth and they were going to hear it. Maybe that's the way it should be. But, it, but look, he, he said that they were from below. That's not flattering. He said, that verse 21, that they would die in their sin unless they believed in him, verse 24. But he says that to you and I as well. He says that we are excluded. He said, I'm going there and you can't come. That's in your face. He says, verse 34, that they and we are slaves to sin. Sin has gone rotten in us. We might dress up really well and polish up on, on Sundays. But, you know, you all look better than you are, I know. Because the Lord has seen the bits that I haven't seen. Or the parts of your life might be a better way to put it. And then he, he rounds on them uh, and he says, you're of your father the devil. That's pretty blunt. That, that is saying something. That's saying their parentage is going down, not going up. And then, verse 47, that imagine meeting the Lord Jesus on a nice day, and he says to you, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. He's talking to the religious leaders of Israel. He's looking them eyeball to eyeball and said, you're not a God. You've got a huge problem. And, and, and then 
in verse 55 that he that they don't know God they're in the dark or let me say we're in the dark we're blind and naturally we're unwilling to come to the light John 3 men love darkness more than light because their deeds are evil you've heard I, in the houses that we've moved, and then, of course, you, your kids move into houses and think, oh, Dad knows how to fix the loft ladder. And, and you go and see their new house, and there's little holes, do you know what I mean, that you couldn't push a dog through. And they say, oh, Dad, we want to use the loft. Have you, have you been there? And, the, you know, you kind of have to open the thing up first. And, and then you go in, and you get a, tor- you get a, a, a lamp on a, on a, on a lead, because there's no electricity up there yet. You've got to do that as well. And you go into the loft and you turn it on. And they didn't know that it's only when you turn the lights on you see the cobwebs. Have you seen the cobwebs? And the dust? And the mouse droppings? Have you seen them? We've got them. We've also got mouse traps. It's only when the light comes on we see the muck. And Jesus has come and turned the lights on. That's why he came. That he reveals what's wrong in our lives and stuff that we're not aware of or that we would like to deny. And the closer we get to Jesus in the light, the more we are aware that of what he shows us. And, and stuff that we need to know. You know, people say to me, oh, you, know, you shouldn't talk about sin, David. People don't want to hear that. You'll put people off. Or, you know, don't don't talk about eternal punishment that goes on forever. Hey, come on. I, am I loving and helping somebody if I just kind of tell them half a story? He's, oh, God loves you. He loves you. He'll never love you more full stop. No, 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 no. no. You and I, until we know a Savior, are in serious trouble. We need to be reconciled to God. He isn't just kind of waiting there hoping that we'll give him our, our vote. There's a problem in my life. That's why I sin so easily. I've just got separated. I'm alienated. And uh, that sense of judgment, don't die yet. But no, I, I don't want to hear. I, it's not comfortable. If you love people, if you think about your neighbors and the people in your street, ideas that everyone wants to die and after that comes the judgment is uncomfortable. It, it, oh. But sometimes we have to speak about the things that people need to hear. I, I've heard the C word again. I mean, I thought, I thought it's five years. I, I was going to be signed off in December. I even went to Oxford and saw Tim Morn, who was my consultant on cancer number three. And, and you know, he, he said, oh, it's great, David. You know, you, you're out of it. You, but you're, it's over, finished. Two days later, I got the letter. Ha! Oh. But I needed to, I needed to know. I, I'm going in this afternoon, and they're going to, and then the tri- But if I hadn't heard the word, I wouldn't take the treatment, would you? I mean, it's not fun, is it? But I need the remedy that goes with the condition. And the prognosis isn't good if I don't take the remedy. 
And, and I need to hear that I am in darkness. There's darkness in here, darkness in there. And there's only Jesus that can put light in here and change my whole prospects eternally so that, and we'll go on to that, so that I might live forever. John, John Calvin, in his commentary, um, said this. There are a couple of quotes which I found quite helpful. Since we are all blind by nature, a remedy is offered by which we may be freed and rescued from darkness and made partakers of the true light on offer. And that no one will ever, will ever present themselves to Christ to be enlightened, save those who have known both that the world is in darkness and that they themselves are altogether blind. It's only when I know my need that a Savior who comes with mercy and light and hope is a, wonderfully attractive. And then there says, No amount of contrary evidence seems to disturb humanity's good opinion of itself. I say thank God for Remembrance Sunday. Because man is in a terrible condition. That's what we're remembering today. But all, all my mother's brothers died in the war. Her fiancé died in the war. But it's a kind of family tradition to have a picture of John and Arthur. If you go into my study and look on the left as you go in the door, there's a picture of them. I've never met them. But I'll never forget what they contributed so that I could do this. And the whole sense of a world that is just bleeding, it's dark. And Jesus came to rescue us. And he says in verse 12, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. P Peter writing about it. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And again, Paul in Corinthians, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Ha, what a relief. What a, what a wonderful salvation. What light Jesus has brought. And it's that Jesus is saying, verse 12, that this light has been infused into us. That the light has become part of us. Christians are people who glow in the dark. It's that great? Don't you think? That in this dark world, that's what you are. You're a Christian and you glow in the dark. That's the plan. That's what Jesus says here. We are, verse chapter 12, 36, to be sons of light. People, if the sun shall set you free. Oh, we, we're a people who found liberty, found forgiveness, come to know him. Light has dispelled darkness. That uh, we, we, we're going to live forever. <laughs> That's what he says. But, but, but verses 51 and 52, it, it's not ambiguous. He says that truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. We just change our address. I, 
the, when I had cancer number two and they said, you know, the, the idea I was going to be dead by Sunday. I wasn't coming here on Sunday. I was going to heaven. I was going to see Jesus face to face. Is that wonder? Don't you think that's good? He'll be wanting to come to hospital with me this afternoon, I can see. We know him. And the future's bright. Even if it's not orange. It's bright. Jesus has made our present and our future bright. He's shone the light of the gospel into our hearts so that those who follow can behold the glory. It's life transforming. It, it, we get into trouble when we live in the shadows, not in the dark. We, 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 that instead of Moses beholding his face was being transformed from one degree of glory to another. So are you. If you're a Christian, if the light has broken out in your heart, the light will chase away the darkness. The darkness, you know, we, you may have told porky pies before, but it's a lot harder now, isn't it? You may have wanted to search for whatever you wanted on the, on, on the internet before, but it's, you know, there's light now. You can't do it. There's shadows and compromise and cheating and just being horrible to people. I used to find that really easy. You'd be surprised to know. I did pray second row, so, you know, that was not difficult to understand. But, you know, John in his letter says that if you hate your brother, you're in the darkness still. Oh, so light changes, doesn't it? Doesn't it? You can't bitch about people anymore once you're in the light. And the closer we get to Jesus and the more we live in the light and get out of the shadows, the more difficult it is. You know, you kind of want to whinge and, and, and grumble about people. And he goes, ah, 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 ah. No, you don't. Do you know that? Or is it just me? Because the light has come. We, we are walking in the light. And the shadows are, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That, that I, I'm living my life now, and there's an invitation for you to do the same. If this is all new. Living my life in the light. And the light has infused me, but I, I, I'm following him. That's the phrase he uses. So as Psalm 27 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? There's personal enlightening and and, and the writer to the uh, Paul writing to the Colossians, he has delivered us. De listen, he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Can, can it get better than that? That the light has come. I am the light of the world, he says. What did Wesley say? Long my imprisoned spirit lay. Fast bound in sin and dark as night. My eye beheld a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon. Do you remember that? Do you remember that when you became a Christian? And your dungeon blazed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. He could have, re he could have been reading John 8 when he wrote it. But it's, it's all about Jesus, isn't it? And how bright he is. How he's God. Not mad or bad. And brilliant. And he's shining on my life as I follow him. Ah, oh, he's, 
He's casting away the shadows as I put him first. Isn't that wonderful, Christian? Did you know if you're not a Christian that Jesus will come, if you open your heart and your life to him, if you let him be Lord and Savior, there will be light breaking forth in every part of your life and it will change everything. And it will change your eternal prospects, which means forever. Forever. 